You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 48. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany and I'm your host. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your fourth, fifth, sixth, 75th, 39th, or 48th time listening, welcome back. We're happy to have you. And before I get into this week's show, I want to walk you through a few pre-show announcements. The show notes for this week's episode are available on howdoshedoitpodcast.com. And if you are just listening to the show for the first time or you are relatively new, you can listen to this app, this episode on the website at howdoshedoitpodcast.com directly, or you can listen to it just about anywhere where you can you listen to podcasts. It's available on Apple Podcasts. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, you know, lots of places. And if you have not had an opportunity to leave me a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app, please I would greatly appreciate it if you could do so. You can, they just recently updated the app. So I actually am not sure how you leave a review. Actually, you can still leave a review in the same way by searching for the podcast, tap, tapping on the name and make sure you find the how does she do it that says practical insight and honest perspective on being grown with Tiffany Sutherland because there is now another podcast out there that also has the name How Does She Do It. Not sure how that happened, but you know what? There's enough room for everybody to be great. So search in the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating and review, greatly appreciated. And as I mentioned on last episode, uh, episode 47, that I am in a, we are in a work, a, a with purpose series. So this week's episode is, I'm not going to do adjust my thoughts. I'm going to get straight into the episode. It is with, we have a returning guest, Renee Cowan, uh, who was featured on a previous episode with one of my other friends, Shakina Bass who talked about in that episode, the two of them talked about what having it all looks like. They're both mothers. They're both extremely career driven. They're both great human beings. And they just talked about the balance of doing a lot of different things and having a family and how do you do it gracefully and well and take care of yourself while doing it. This week's episode, we are going to be talking about eating and kind of being healthy with purpose. And uh, Renee is as I mentioned, one of my good friends for a very long time, but she is a, she's not vegan, as you'll hear her talk about in the episode. She is someone who considers herself to eat a plant-based diet, not exclusively, not, she does not, she sometimes eats dairy, never eats meat anymore, uh, but, and you, and she eats honey, so she's technically not vegan because that honey is an animal product and all these things. So we go into this breakdown, but my idea behind putting together this particular episode was as someone who is in the midst of my own health journey related to my eating and making more intentional decisions, thinking about being intentional. And if you haven't listened to episode 47, where I talk about the balance of intentionality and having a, a purpose and vision and reason for doing certain things, you'll get an idea for where this kind of framework comes from. But the idea, again, is really just to have a conversation that dispels some of the myths about what it means to eat plant-based, 
what it means to like the sacrifices you don't have to actually make in your diet as far as um, increasing or decreasing certain types of foods that you eat and just being more mindful of what we're putting in our bodies because we know now with documentaries like What the Health and a lot of other things that we're all seeing that there are a lot of things that are put up on the shelves in our supermarkets and and told and advertised for us as being fine things for us to eat when that's not necessarily the case. So, you know, even the old adage, everything in moderation, certain things we have been eating in moderation or too frequently, we may not should be even eaten at all. So just take a listen to this episode. I had a really great time talking to her. I think you'll take away a lot of nuggets and some tangible things that you can do to begin if you're interested in incorporating more fruits and eating a more whole foods type of diet, no pun to the supermarket. But some of the topics include eliminating or greatly reducing the amount of processed foods that we eat, how you can prioritize preparing meals even when you're very busy, the misconceptions around how difficult it is to eat food like take out food or go out to restaurants if you're vegetarian or vegan, if you're not going to like a vegetarian specific restaurant, starting where you are the kinds of protein we actually can get from plants and how much protein do we actually need. And we, of course, talk about how good and delicious carbs are and ice cream and things like that. So enjoy this episode. This is going to be part one of this conversation. And we'll follow up with another ep- with the second half of the conversation. I'll talk more about that at the very end of this episode. And then uh, we'll also be asking for listener questions for people who really have specific questions that they think Renee would be really great to answer. So I hope you enjoy episode 48 of How Does She Do It? Renee, welcome back to another episode of How Does She Do It? This is your second time on the show, and I'm so happy to have you here. Happy to be here. So we are talking about plant-based eating. This episode, I wanted to talk to you because I am doing a series on living and adulting with purpose. And Mm -hmm. thinking about that, I wanted to talk, one of the things that I struggle with, and you know I struggle with it because I talk to you about it multiple times a day, literally, is this concept of eating intentionally and removing certain things from our diet. And we've seen lately a lot of conversation around going vegan, being vegetarian, eliminating certain things from your diet, and this concept of plant-based eating. So tell me about your a little bit about your journey to becoming plant-based. My journey, first of all, I was born and raised eating meat. I never ate pork or shellfish, but I ate red meat, chicken, clean fish, um, which I'll talk about later. But, and that was a part of most meals. And I never, I, I actually dated this guy once who was a vegetarian and I was like, yeah, I'll never be a vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) Then I met this other dude, which I went on to become engaged to. And when he walks in, like, while we're engaged, my fiance, and he's like, I'm done eating meat. That's it. He had been studying the book of Daniel in the Bible and felt like the spirit of the Lord tell him that he needed to stop eating meat. And I was like, you're ruining my life. 
Like literally I provide at, at this point we're just, we're engaged. We're not living together yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I provide one third of your meals. Why would you do that to me? Like, this is ridiculous. And so I like threw like a huge fuss about it for a while. And then after, as you know, as we had a long engagement as, and we eventually did move in together. And so over time, he like, he just cut it out of his diet, like for real, for real, January, 2014, six months before the wedding, five months before the wedding. And I was like, okay. So then I took the meat out of our house. But at that point we were still eating um, fish and dairy, which for me wasn't a lot of dairy. And then in August of that year, we went to a uh, health prophecy seminar at a local church where we learned a lot about kind of the detrimental effects of dairy to the body and decided to go ahead and cut out fish and dairy and go like, I don't want to say vegan, but I guess you can say plant more plant-based. And I didn't, I didn't fight over that because that, that, by that point I was already eight months into preparing, you know, plant-based meals. And it what it hadn't it didn't end up being as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be, and I didn't die or have my life ruined, and I looked very good in my wedding dress. So that was oh, and so that actually I went on to continue to eat some meat products outside of the home for another few months. I eventually was pregnant and then cut out all meat and dairy, almost all like ninety. Eight percent, um, halfway through the pregnancy. You've said a lot of things. You said a lot of things, and I'm like, Mama, I, and I know this story, so it's not like I'm just as a, as someone who let's thinking about someone who does not know you. So you said you get in this relationship with this man who you're engaged to him, so you've essentially promised that you will marry him and then end up being together. So it was spearheaded. So before your fiance, who is now your husband and the father of your very adorable child, um, shout out to hashtag what Isaias eats on Instagram. Um, before he made this kind of declaration and decision on his own, had you ever thought about going vegetarian or not cutting out meat or becoming plant based? No. No, absolutely not. This was before, I mean, January, 2014, I wasn't, I was in residency and I was not as connected on social media. So I want to say this was before this whole vegan craze, which may or may not be true, but this is before I became acclimated to the, you know, vegan plant food, plant-based craze. And I was raised, I, I am Seventh-day Adventist and was raised Seventh-day Adventist and I don't know how much people know about like Adventist doctrine, but the religion has a very large health prophecy and health reform movement. And so we grew up not having meat at church functions. And I spent a lot of time at church and I went to church camp. And so we had camp every year and we didn't eat meat for a whole week at camp. And to prepare for that, I would eat like chicken wings on the way to camp. And then you like leave camp and like want to go to McDonald's because you hadn't had meat in the whole week. And it was like this huge, terrible thing. So I always knew that there was something kind of important about not eating meat. But as far for me, I was like, you know, I had enough health re- dietary restrictions that it, as it was. I'm like, I, I don't eat pork. I don't eat sh- shrimp, shellfish. I don't eat all this stuff. 
I can eat some. I can eat clean meats. Leviticus says these meats are clean. I can eat them. But then you get older and you come to learn about a whole bunch of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. You start to make some changes as you mature and do this adulting, as you say. Adulting is stupid. But so I want to go to you mentioned something earlier and you kind of has hinted at it. There is this it seems like a fad almost that is happening around plant based eating. And one of the things and you made a distinction earlier between instead of you said, I wouldn't say vegan, but I would say plant based. So from your perspective, what is the difference between being vegan and or being plant-based or like what do those distinctions mean and how significant are they from your perspective from my perspective so it is my understanding that being vegan is like a whole hearted lifestyle that is a conscious decision that you make that is based on not wanting to harm animals and so you wouldn't wear leather or um, you wouldn't do anything that related to the death of an animal, mm-hmm. cruelty-free. And there's, I believe there's a health aspect as well, but it was my association that it was always about, like, animals first mm-hmm. and, like, the, what the good of the animal. Plant-based is something that seems to be kind of a newer term to me that when I looked it up was seemed more encompassing for what our goals were. And it was really just based on what you eat and your health. And that was, and because that was my focus, like I am all about, you know, treating animals well, but this was never about the animals for me. And I think that I probably could have watched a couple of documentaries about animal cruelty and not particularly have been moved. I apologize, (laughs) but it was more about my health and the health of my family. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's how I make that distinction. But there's like uh, there's hundreds of d- distinctions. Like vegetarian, just generally eat um, eggs or dairy. It's really kind of just about the meat. And then in the Caribbean, vegetarians eat fish. They're like fishes and meat. <laughs> <laughs> like we, when we, in the beginning, when we were transitioning, into, like our family was like, "Oh, look, I made you." My every time we'd come home, my mom would be like, "I fried you all this fish since you're vegetarian now." <laughs> But okay, so let now. All right, let's get into some of these distinctions here. Because is fish meat? Like, and I ha- I've actually had this debate with someone before. And I think that what gets what gets me caught up, and and like I said, I am on just for for everyone's reference. I am, have been on this push and pull journey to becoming to eat, transitioning to a more plant based diet, to the point where I no longer purchase meat to cook in my home. Does that stop me from ordering goat every once in a while or ordering something? I definitely still eat <laughs> shrimp. I'm not going so far as to say I'm eliminating shrimp or shellfish because crabs are delicious as are shrimp. However, I don't. The last time I cooked meat in my house this year was Memorial Day weekend, and I wanted some chicken wings. And chicken wings and goat are probably the two hardest things for me to give up when, or like to the idea of me not eating those two things. So how can someone, if someone's trying to try to have a more healthy diet, what are some things that they could do where they're like, I'm not trying to be all the way plant-based or all the way vegan or all the way, um, you know, vegetarian, but I want to transition to eating a healthier lifestyle because I've seen documentaries, heard these stories, seen these studies kind of thing. 
I think there are so many things. And I, let me preface this by saying I'm obviously biased. You know, I am obviously for the plant based. I've clearly drank the Kool Aid. And so let me preface it by saying that because there will be people who you will talk to will be like, paleo's the way to go. Whole 30 is the way to go. This is the thing to do. And I'm just, not, I'm not on that train. Mm-hmm. I'm not on that train. And I don't foresee myself being on that train in the foreseeable future. But like I said, I thought I was never going to be a vegetarian. So I think it starts with eating more plants. Michael Pollock. Pollen? Pollock? Oh, jeez. Pollock. Um, we'll did it yeah, we'll look it up. There'll be a link in the show notes. <laughs> he did a documentary. What was it called? I don't know. I'll tell you later. But he did a documentary and he ended the documentary by saying, eat real food, mostly plants. I think there's actually three sentences in there. But anyway, that's the point. Eat real food, mostly plants. So what does that mean to me? That means trying to eliminate, number one, processed foods. A lot of the issues with the health, a lot of the health issues that we have in this country are related to the fact that we eat like we eat trash, like literal trash mm. and things that they wouldn't even eat in other countries or wouldn't allow but in other trash tastes so delicious i just had it's to say that after you retrained your palate it's like what is this i drank a coke the other day sorry no offense i mean if i ever get popular like oprah they may try to come and sue me <laughs> or if you are like oprah which is more likely to happen they might sue you but i drank coke the other day and i was like what is this i can't believe that this i'm from atlanta like coke is like yeah. Anything in Atlanta. And you know me. You knew where I was like a year ago. I would mm-hmm. never think that about Coke. But I drank Coke last week and I like almost died because I retrained my palate. And my, and my body so was, was it like, too sweet? What? It was so sweet. Yeah. It was so and sweet. And if you're going to drink a dark soda, you should drink Pepsi anyway. But that's a whole nother thing because it like... Coca-Cola is just not, they're not a sponsor of this podcast, so I can say what I want to say. Pepsi is better, and Pepsi's not a sponsor of this podcast, so I shouldn't be promoting them either. But they might be one day. No, they better not be, because they are also of the badness. (laughs) So let's talk about some of that badness. So it's actually Michael Pollan, you were right. The book, he has a, a Netflix series on uh, called Cooked that I have not watched yet, but I'm going to watch one, probably watch. Um, it's one that it was a pbs special it's the pbs oh, special. I, I think i watched that one i think we, i think i watched that one and i might have talked about it on the podcast actually but yeah. um so let's Coke talk is good too, but i was saying the processed foods you want to eliminate yeah. processed foods. that's mm-hmm. usually things that you would find in the middle grocery aisles and you know try to aim for things that are whole foods whole foods means like they grew on a tree with minimal processing like things that don't come in boxes and cans and I mean, there's a place for, there's a time and a place for cans, but. Canned beans be coming through in the clutch. They do. They do. <laughs> Get an electric slow cooker, electric pressure cooker, and you won't need those canned beans anymore. Ooh. But there are, um, you want to limit your processed food intake. You want to increase your fruit and vegetable intake. People often talk about, and I know we're going to touch on this later too, but people often talk about protein, protein, protein. Where's your protein? But what we truly lack in this country is fiber. We don't get enough fiber. You talk to all these people who have all these issues pooping. People don't like to talk about their poop. And they have pooping and having bowel movements. And it's a sad state of affairs because nothing is better than a good bowel movement. 
And you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first on. That is a first of all of the episodes of How Does She Do It, where we have been talking about fiber and making movements. Yes. Because my friend. It is about making moves, right? And so you want to make moves all the way through. I like what you did there. Including bowel moves. (laughs) (laughs) Only because you're a physician, because I don't like talking about these things. I'm not going to talk about this on the... When people talk about it, you find out that people haven't pooped in eight days <laughs> that is not good that is very bad you don't have enough water and fiber in your diet oh. and fiber comes from plants okay okay so <clears throat> so what about all the stuff in the supermarket that you see is fortified with more fiber more this more that is that not like when I know we're talking about eating more whole foods, but is that not a is that not a good source of fiber? Is that not something that we should not be doing too? I just think that you. I'm all about going to the source. That's just how I feel. Like uh, one of my um, patients said this: like if I was going to have Korean food, I would not be trying to go to you know the local Italian trattoria and see that they have some random Korean dish. They they have kimchi on the menu, and I'm going to order kimchi at a trattoria that, like that. I'm not trying to do that. I would go to a Korean restaurant and get it from there. You go to the source. And so I don't feel a need to have, I don't know, whatever processed food that is like has all this extra fiber in it. Not, I don't, I'm really not even about... Those protein bars and fiber one bars, which can be good for many people, especially if you're having some of the, you know, GI issues that we discussed, they can be good. But if you, but for me, it is more beneficial to just eat more fruits and vegetables that actually from whence the fiber comes, Mm, like, like how they get the fiber and they like extract it from these fruits and vegetables and then make, you know chemical replicates of it to insert it into something else you can just eat the vegetable see when you put it like that it makes eating like all these things sound stupid because if there are these things if there are these like natural like things that literally grow from the earth that contain the the nutrients that we need Uh, then why should we go to these other places? One of the things, one of the reasons that people do that, myself included, and like I said, I've been working to eliminate that. I don't buy, I no longer buy protein bars. I do, I use plant-based protein powder when I make my shakes after I come from the gym, that kind of thing. But I stopped buying those things, thinking about eliminating the processed foods from my diet. But a lot of it, it, a lot of that is because of convenience. So we live in a very fast-paced you know, oh, I can pick up a protein bar and get 70 million grams of protein and, and it'll fill me up and it'll be a meal replacement. So mm-hmm. how has, in thinking about you're a mom, you're a physician, like not just a physician, but a surgeon, right? Which is very <laughs> cool to say because my best friend's a surgeon. And um, so how do you find the time to live and eat whole, like plant-based foods and still be all of the things that you are in your in your everyday life. Like I don't have do I have time to be cooking plant-based meals and like eating plant-based snacks? I guess it's just the apple, but like you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um I think it's all about proper preparation, right? Mm, I've heard we that know, before. Uh, we know <laughs> about proper preparation. 
And so, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Some days it is difficult. And some days my kid eats cereal for dinner, like probably once or twice a week. But, <laughs> but it's all about preparation. And I think that once transitioning can be a little challenging, but once you are transitioned and once you have a plant-based kitchen, it becomes second nature and like nothing to just kind of pick up and, and go. Mm-hmm. And so I that preparation is key. I also think that it's about making your mind up that this is something that's important to you and prioritizing. You know, you talk about people don't have enough time. You don't have enough time to do this. You don't have enough time to do that. No, you make time for what you want to make time for. It's the same thing, you know, you tell dudes that you date, like you made time for me if you wanted to make time for me. And that's, (laughs) that's pretty much how I feel. But It might not be something, there's obviously going to be times when your life is more busy. And especially people who have to go through like training or like law school or graduate school or all the different things that life calls on you to do that require a lot of your time, where your food preparation might not be able to be as high of a priority as you might want it to be. And so that might not be the best time to be transitioning. Now, I did transition or start my transition during residency, Mm. where I was working 80 hours a week, but cooking was a respite for me. And so, and I didn't have children at the time or a child at the time. And so it, it, it was a little bit different. And now my schedule, I'm doing research now. So my schedule is a little bit more flexible. Mm-hmm. So the time factor is a real concern, but it definitely can be done. And it's all about like preparing yourself and stocking your kitchen appropriately. So I want to get to like walking through like a day in the life of like doing some of this preparation. But what if I don't even like cooking? If I don't like cooking, is is it possible? But I, I don't like cooking, but I know that I need to stop ordering out. I know that I need to stop, first of all, spending all this money on ordering food that is not prepared in my own kitchen, that contains things that I probably shouldn't contain and like, how, how do I, how do I begin to do that if I don't really like cooking? Is there like a lane for me? I, there's a lane for everybody. There's a lane for everybody. Yay! Lanes for everybody! <laughs> there's room. You get one. You get one. You get a lane. Everybody gets a lane. <laughs> no. So but there is like, um... I think about starting from where you are now. You don't like to cook. How are you eating now? Like, what are you eating? I did once know a guy who ate all of his meals out, like three meals a day ordered. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do that, that's fine. Because luckily for you, plant-based eating is a fad now. And you actually could eat out three days a meal, three days a week. And sorry, three meals a day and just order vegetables. I think one thing... go. Just to touch on that really quickly, eating out and ordering food. If you once you're okay with eating sides, you can really find food anywhere. Mm. So don't that trouble you. Um, if you are not someone who doesn't like to cook, but you want to prepare more meals at home, and that's a change that you want to make, then you start with simple things like plants. That's the other thing about eating plant based. It's not that complicated. Like, you know, 
some plants don't require cooking. You eat some things undercooked. Like if you eat chicken raw, you'll get salmonella. But guess what? <laughs> you can eat raw carrots. <laughs> Touche. And you can be, you'll be right. You will be just okay. Raw broccoli. I was grilling some broccoli this weekend and I was like, this doesn't really look cooked, but it didn't matter because <laughs> you can eat raw broccoli. That is true. There is no health risk. So I think that there's a little bit more, you can be a li- sometimes plant-based eating can be a little bit more forgiving mm-hmm. as far as like your cooking skill and level and ability in that regard. Um, but I definitely think there's a lane for everyone and there, it's just a matter of like finding your niche and figuring out what you like and what you don't like and what you can do and what you can't do, which you, with the proper help and you can do that. That that's actually good to hear because for, I know that a lot of people have this perception as did I, because I remember, I can remember one of the first pictures of a meal that I sent you because I don't post my pictures. I don't post pictures of the food I cook on Instagram because I have very high standards for pictures of plated food on the internet. And people, most Americans don't have that same high standard. So you see a lot of really bad looking plates online. But I remember the first, one of the first meals that I made that was all vegetables because for years and, and people and I've everyone on this podcast who's listened to this podcast knows how much I love food. Like food is, there's my faith there's my fitness, there are my friends, and my friends and my food are tied very closely together <laughs> because my friends am, are always eating. We're always eating together, right? So I don't have to choose friends or food. And so I remember, number one, thinking that I could never eat a meal of just vegetables and be satisfied because mm-hmm. even I would even eat salads and be like, I got to put some shrimp or some chicken on the salad. And now one of the places near my job, I order a salad almost uh, way too often because it's expensive, but it's delicious. And I never get meat on it. And I'm like super, super satisfied, super full. So mm-hmm. I started to say that I just remembered taking a picture of this food and it was like, I roasted, I think I might've roasted cabbage I made some kale because I I believe kale next to mango, it may be the greatest gift that is a fruit or vegetable to humankind. I have fallen in love with kale and I did not ever expect it. Don't give me no spinach no more. Spinach is too flimsy. I don't want spinach on my plate. I want some kale. It's got some crunch to it. And it does. We talked about fiber earlier. It has all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, so for, I think that, I think that really what it is is that there's just this con- there's this perception that you that you can't be satisfied eating a meal of only vegetables and I think that that's partly because of the way that we've all been socialized. We've been socialized literally if you watch some of these documentaries which I recognize of course have an end and have a a goal that they're trying to but they're not their entire thing is not lies. But we right. have literally been marketed to to believe that I just watched this commercial the other day about about beef and that you have to in order to get protein you have to be eating beef or chicken and like so actually so let's talk about that specifically because I know a lot of people protein seems to be the big thing that American the American diet cares so much about and but there's this idea that but I can't be I'm not getting protein from broccoli like what is like, where am I going to get my protein if I'm not eating meat? And I don't want to just be eating a whole bunch of beans. So, actually, I am going to ask you a question um, to start this off. But can you define for me, go to the Googles, yeah. and what is the definition of protein? Protein. Okay. What is a protein? All right. 
what is a protein? Mm-hmm. It says it's any class of nitrogenous organic compounds that consist of large molecules composed of one or more long chains of amino acids and are an essential part of all living organisms, especially as structural components of body tissues such as muscle, hair, collagen, and as enzymes and antibodies. So it's a set of amino acids. Apparently, essentially, amino acids are the basic building blocks of proteins and, you know, the molecules that make up the body. So that means wherever you get these amino acids from, that's all you need. There's nothing in there. There's nothing in any instruction manual or any like, you know, God did not create us and be like, oh, you must get your amino acids from, you know, beef or cow. Because guess what? Where are they getting their amino acids from to give it to us? Plant. Oh, 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 snap! Through a wrinkle. <laughs> For a second. Like, you know, it's not... It, it is convenient. I, you know, it is... It, you get quantity, more quantity, but the quality is not the same. So you'll look at a lot of the research that's done and the difference between animal proteins and plant proteins and the effects that animal proteins have on the body, particularly the kidney, that um, plant proteins don't have that same effect. And, you know, the association with inf- the association of inflammation with animal-based proteins. And so when there's not, there's nothing that says that pro- the protein that we need, which we do need protein, I'm not going to argue that whether we need it or not, how much we need is debatable. You know, the article that you sent me today said we need half our body weight in protein. I saw that, and that was, like, a bit alarming, and like, on a daily basis. But that's also, to be fair, that, and I'm going to reference this article, and I will link to it in the show notes. This is a fitness website. So Yeah, but it's it half your, just to maintain. Mm. Like, to maintain your current status. And then you would need 0.7 to do something, and then one gram of protein per like per pound to for bulk to, to bulk up. That means I'd be eating 130 grams of protein per day. Like that's ridiculous. Ooh. That's an absurd amount of protein. That's like, it, that's a lot. It doesn't make any sense. There's like, I think most people would recommend like most non-plant-based people would recommend 20% of your um, calories for the day come from protein. Um, a lot of the research shows that you really don't need more than 15, 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's still the, the it, there's still some room for debate as far as how much protein you need, but nobody's going to argue the fact that you actually need protein. You need these amino acids, but where those amino acids come from, it, they don't have to come from animals. They don't have to come from meat. And it's actually studies have actually shown that it's better when they don't come from meat. And like, you know, plants have protein. That's like, like that, that's my favorite. That's actually my favorite vegan shirt. Plants, plants have, have protein. protein. Guess what? So transitioning from protein for a little bit, I think the other, the other thing, so in thinking about, again, this theme of adulting with purpose and wanting to think about being intentional about the things that we're putting in our bodies, you mentioned a lot of the, some of the benefits. And again, and this is not to be a, this episode is not meant to be an indictment on people who eat meat because I just had bacon like a couple days ago. I had curry go mind your business. Um, she just made a face for those who can't see <laughs> at me. Um, but it is, it is, 
it's, but it's, it's about overall health. Right. And so there is, there is, I think research that can be, that you can argue is this is debatable, but it's, it's not really debatable that a lot of the things that we are eating are not good for us anymore. And right. so you, and, and thinking about, thinking about those things and just thinking about overall health, taking it away, kind of taking it away from the, the, the kind of the specifics did you notice like the specifics as far as like the macronutrients and all that kind of stuff? Did you notice what changes did you notice in your physical body that once you started to transition to a more plant-based diet? My changes are going to be skewed because I was pregnant when I finished the transition. And so you had a couple I, other changes happening in your body. Yeah, a couple other changes happening at once as far <laughs> as the body is concerned. <laughs> I, I can't say that I only gained nine pounds during the pregnancy. Mm. Some of that is because I wasn't eating at all. And when I was eating, it was mostly plants. Mm. <laughs> Don't put a lot of weight on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did eat a fair amount of carbs. People hate the carbs, but I love the carbs. Carbs are delicious. They're the best thing ever. Um, and so my experience is going to be slightly skewed. When I did lose all the pregnancy weight with like no issue, I actually am have been steadily working on gaining weight, mm-hmm. which has been more trying mm-hmm. than one would imagine. So as far as my weight is concerned, like my weight is not an issue. It was it's easy to lose the weight after the pregnancy. I, I I'm happy with the way that I look. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm think that you develop a kind of a leaner muscle when you're out, when your protein comes from plants as opposed to animals. Um, I don't need as much sleep or I'm not as tired. I guess the really, and honestly, the biggest difference is going to be how I feel after I eat. Mm. Like I eat a lot of food and I do eat a lot of food without feeling sick or tired. And that, and that, and that was the biggest difference is just that I can eat so much more and like really enjoy it afterwards. Like you don't feel gross after you eat anymore. And that's even if I'm eating like fried cauliflower wings, you still don't feel gross after I eat fried cauliflower wings. Can I just say, I have such an issue with the nomenclature related to food. Like don't call something Mac and cheese. If it's not Mac and cheese, if it's Mac and cashew sauce with butternut squash, call it that. Don't tell me it's Mac and cheese. Don't call it fried cauliflower wings. They're not wings. They're fried cauliflower florets. Okay. Let's call it that. So, but anyway, that's my pet peeve. Fine. <laughs> understand what you're supposed to relate it to. Fine, fine, fine. But I, 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 I will say, I will say that I agree as when on the times, especially at lunchtime at work, when I eat food that is not, um, that's not like super heavy that, or if it's not meat, I don't get that same, like, Ooh, I need to take a nap after I eat. Um, and that, that to me was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. So I just don't have as much, like, I don't have any GI discomfort really. And Oh, people are always talking about, sorry. I know I already made you talk about poop, but people transitioning talk about gas a lot too. And flatulence and, you know, (laughs) people, plant-based and vegans or whatever they eat all these beans 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 because beans are delicious number one but like 
sometimes that transition as your the flora of your gut is changing, which is like, you know, the micro environment, the environment of, in your intestines, like, you know, all of us have bacteria in our intestines and it changes because the bacteria that grow there are going to be based on what you eat because they live and flourish based off of what you're digesting and that's what they're eating. Mm-hmm. And so you start eating plants all of a sudden then all of the like meat loving bacteria are going to die. Mm-hmm. And that transition from meat loving bacteria to plant loving bacteria can cause a little issue, a little bit of GI discomfort in some people. And it may take a few weeks to like change your gut flora and balance out. But the, the plant-based gut flora, it's so, there's so much more pleasant bacteria. <laughs> They're nicer bacteria. <laughs> They're bacteria. Like I just like, I don't find I don't, I'm not gassy. I'm just, my, I, my GI system is just so much more comfortable. And you know, and that's where, again, this is a podcast about the practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. And this is, I mean, these are grown topics, right? Like this is a grown topic because we all deal with these issues. And these are things that we don't talk about necessarily in the widest of circles, but it's like your body is, and again, talking about being intentional, we have to start being intentional about the way we treat our bodies. I hope you enjoyed part one of that conversation with my friend Renee Cowan and a couple takeaways that I have from the conversation the most important thing that I think that she said and she said a lot of things kind of about anecdotal experiences that this is not something that has to be like hard a sharp turn completely eliminate everything. There's a process involved. There's a transition involved. She told us to start where we are, which is so important when we think about anything related to our adulting journey and just trying to live with purpose is that you can only start with what you have and you can only start where you are right now. So don't expect that this is something that has to happen overnight. If you're interested in making a transition, I'm not talking about diet, but a more healthy lifestyle small changes over time impact and create big results. So I hope you enjoyed this first part of this conversation. Stay tuned for part two of the conversation with Renee about plant-based eating and the connection to a faith journey, if you're interested. And I look forward to you joining me then. If you have questions that you want Renee to answer related to transitioning to plant-based diet, stories that you want to share on an attempt that you've made, and like I said, you are not alone. I have been starting and stopping this transition for over uh, close to a year at this point. So please send an email to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com and we'll be sure to get your questions answered in the next episode. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.